Welcome to the Youth Voice, a podcast giving young people a voice in politics across the island of Ireland. So today we're doing a very special impromptu episode about the DBS by-election. It's gripping Southern politics and everyone's very excited about it. So we're going to talk to some, I suppose, young people from the South in the different parties. So we're talking to Brian from Fianna Fáil, uh, Joshua from Fine Gael, and Jack from Labour. So all of you, welcome to the show. Uh, so first of all, I suppose I'll just kind of fire out a bit of a softer question here. But what's it like being back on the ground canvas? And, you know, I know we had the big election last year, but, you know, we haven't really seen anything since. So what is it like to be out leafleting, out canvassing, out with all of the big politicians again? It's it's great. Yeah. I mean, like COVID happened so abruptly. And I think we're all off the, the foot of the, the general election there and I I think we're definitely all missing, uh, you know, getting into politics. It's nice to be back on doors and talking to people. And yeah. Um, How are you fine, Jack? I suppose it's just, it's a great relief from the kind of social media campaigning that we've seen over the last, uh, you know, year or so uh, in, in, in the middle of the pandemic. It's really kind of changed the dynamic of youth politics in particular. And I notice when you go back on doors and you get to, you know, meet up with, I suppose, older members of your party and kind of, you know, demographic, demographics broaden a bit. It's a bit more, um, I suppose, representative and true to real life than just being, I suppose, stuck within Zooms and, you know, and the virtual conferences and webinars. So it's great in that regard just to be kind of back out and to be able to tangibly engage uh, with politics. I suppose kind of what, what Josh said, which uh, was great to be back out on doors, you know. How are you finding it, Brian, you know? Back um, with uh, well, to, being from Kildare, when someone asked me uh, how I'm finding Dublin Bay South, I usually say Google Maps. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, from, from the perspective of uh, being back on the ground, uh, especially from an ogre perspective, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Like uh, I'm sure uh, Jack and Joshua and their uh, respective youth wings have had uh, members join in the last uh, 14 months who no one's ever met. Um, you know, it's I think it's so important uh, in youth politics that you, you meet people and you see eye to eye. Um, you know, that's why you have our national events and stuff. And there's people working on this campaign, uh, well, who were working on this campaign. It's it's, it's, it's the last hurrah now, so uh, who, who we're working with, who only joined uh, in the last year. And um, it, it's 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 wonderful to meet them. And um, it's, it's nice for them to see the more on the ground side of uh, politics, you know, meeting people, getting talking to real people, because I think a lot of the time we can get lost in the Twitter verse and the social media kind of verse, um, and you don't re- meet the real people on the ground, on the doors, um, you know, and get a sense for what the world is like outside of the bubble, you know. But I've, I've loved every minute of it, you know, it's, uh, it's especially the social uh, pints of lemonade afterwards, you know, yourself, but uh, they didn't hurt either. But uh, and it's, it's great to meet, like, I met Jack for the first time during this election. And, I think I met Joshua as well, um, briefly. But it's it's just great to be back in person, socialising. Oh, absolutely! It is. It's brilliant to actually everything open and up and all. But let's get on to the candidates. You know, everyone's. It, this has been a lot of big names. This election, Sinn Féin brought in Lynn Boylan. You know, we saw we've seen you know Ivana Bacic for your party, Jack. You know, James Gagan down with you, Joshua, and then as well, obviously Deirdre Conroy. So all kind of. Other than possibly Lynn, who is, you know, is still kind of been in politics for a while, all seasoned veterans, really, when it comes to even not just electoral, but kind of the whole world of politics. So I suppose we'll start with you, Joshua. The 15 minutes city, the whole it's the big it's James Gagan's big thing 
Yeah. But I want to know, is it, you know, is it really, an, is it like, is there anything, any substance to it or is it just kind of a, a throwaway policy to kind of attract people? Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose for the, the, the main focus of a 15-minute city would be uh, getting everything within the city accessible within 15 minutes. And that that's more than driving. It's about moving people towards public transport, being able to cycle places. Uh, you know, there's been a huge lack of investment in public transport over the past few years, and we need to make places much more accessible. And I think 15 minutes is a very good goal to have services within. It's, it's, it's not too long. It's not... And it, it's feasible to have most of our services within 15 minutes. And I think it's, a, you know, a very good policy that James has been putting forward on the doors. And Brian, with, I suppose, Deidre Conroy, she didn't really have, I suppose, the big, the big like, I suppose, big policy was James Gagan's 15-minute city, and everyone kind of focused on that almost. But, you know, what is the kind of standout policy for you? What You know, what is Deidre Conroy bringing to the table, I suppose? Um, well, I suppose from my perspective, like I've been out in the, the wind and the rain and the sun and everything, uh, it's been a, it's a pretty wild uh, array of weather. And I've done that with Deirdre happily day after day um, throughout the campaign. I've worked with Deirdre because um, I believe in her. Um, like from my own perspective, my mom is, was a single mother who went back to college later in life to get her master's. So I know how the struggle is for, you know, single parent families who go back to education. And that I found out that Deirdre did the same thing. Um, and I thought, like, that's someone, you don't hear that about that a lot. And there aren't a lot of supports for single parents going back to education, trying to improve themselves and to the betterment of themselves. Um, so I thought that was one perspective. You know, Deirdre could represent the people who fall through the cracks in Irish society. Um, you know, there's the, the doll is not diverse enough. We need more women, more young people as well. But there's also we need a more balanced array of people from different socioeconomic and just different social backgrounds and situations. And Deirdre, I felt, fulfilled one of those situations. Um, and I suppose the second point would be Deirdre, her whole ethos around politics has been community consultation. So if there's a cycle lane going on Rings End, which we've seen is an issue, she wants the community put there. You know, it's it's there's 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 far too much of a divide, I feel anyway, and I, I know Deirdre would agree with me between politicians and the people they represent. You know, it's it's all well and good doing clinics and stuff, but when it comes to council decisions, we need to be making people informed and consulting with them. Like even if we look at the bus connects, Deirdre wants a feasibility study done into the metro and she'd be much more leaning towards uh, the underground metro because it's less invasive and that's what people want. Um like throughout the campaign, like I know it sounds a bit uh, mad, but we we ended up dragging a Daryl O'Brien out of his office to meet with people because everyone's saying housing, housing, housing. And so what's, what's the point in Darrow being up in the department? Like we need to bring them to the people that it's affecting and talk to them because they're real people with real issues. And I suppose that's what Deirdre is all about. It's about bridging the divide and representing people who sometimes don't feel too represented. Absolutely. And I suppose Jack as well, you know, we all kind of know Ivana Bacic, you know, she's been around a very long time in politics. You know, she was part she was, a, I suppose, a big name in the 2014 or 2011 to 2014 coalition. So we all know who she is. But I suppose in this kind of, the political situation has evolved so much since then. So what does she bring in, I suppose, as well to the table? What are people going to see if, you know, Ivana Bacic is brought into this doll? Well, to be honest with you, Dermot, I think if you've really hit the nail on the head there with talking about coalition, I think one thing that Ivana is going to show to the voters of Dublin Bay South and to the broader kind of Irish political uh, sphere is that we're going to see a new side of Ivana Bacic, a side that I suppose has been very enigmatic, 
if you look back, uh, Ivana is a seasoned campaigner and has always not just stood for change, but has put her words into practice and has achieved change since her student activist days from the 1980s when she was working uh, you know, on abortion rights and giving out information uh, to women on abortion when it was illegal to do so and fighting against uh, the pro-life group Spook uh, going to court and nearly uh, risking prison uh, to, to do so. I know that's always kind of the, the story that Ivana is defined by when we look in the past, but I think looking to today and what Ivana can bring to the doll if she is elected, she's going to really bring a strong opposition voice and an experienced voice when it comes to opposition politics. Uh, for the last um, five years now, she has sat uh, in opposition. She's now leader of the opposition in the Shannon, and she really knows what it's like to put forward bills and to get them passed. She has the best track record on passing legislation of any senator uh, in the Shannon and any Labour senator uh, and an, an opposition senator in history. So she really does uh, put her words into practice when anything from collective bargaining for people in the arts sector to uh, outlawing FGM to working on citizenship and birthright citizenship rights with Labour youth and, and everything in between. She's put her words into practice. And I think if she's elected, what we're going to see is someone who is going to hold the government to account and someone who has experience in doing that. And one thing I would like to draw on, Brian made a very, very good point there. We need more diverse representation in, in, in Dáil Éireann. And I think we can all agree on that. We need more diverse representation in terms of gender. We need more women, more women in the Dáil. We need people from more diverse ethnic backgrounds. And I think that's something Ivana brings as well, born to a Czech father and an Irish mother. She brings a very, very unique uh, perspective on the diversity that we need in the doll and the, the equity that we need to see represented in electoral politics. So I think that's one big thing uh, that Ivana will bring as well. But on the whole, I, I think she's a fantastic candidate and someone who will really represent the people of her constituency, her home constituency, very, very well. And I suppose it's time to get into the hard questions. <laughs> uh, I'll, you know, I'll start again with you, Joshua. James Gagan, he has kind of throughout this election been known as the Renewal Man, but Fine Gael's running him as the progressive candidate. It's for a lot of people are seeing it as a really interesting, I suppose, I don't know if the word's juxtaposition, it was terrible at English. But, you know, is like, is he really the progressive candidate? You know, he's a man from Renewal. Is he really the progressive candidate that Fine Gael is portraying him to be? Uh, well, I mean, look, the, the situation at Renewa is that James is working as um as this integrationist PA. And I think, you know, as a young as a young person, he was only young when he was working for. And I think we all understand that if you're working in a steady job, you, you can't just drop tools the second the TD changes uh, away from your politics. And he, he was in a position where he had to continue working with that. Uh, you know, he, he's shown in, in other ways that, that he was. Uh, in favour of the the repeal the eighth referendum, he signed up for for lawyers for yes, um, and and he spoke openly about um being in favour of repealing the eighth. So you know, I do think James is is a progressive candidate. And Brian, what we're seeing in the polling anyway is that it's looking like a kind of race between Finnegill, Sinn Fein, and Labour. Almost forgot the, what you call Labour there, but. You know, is is really is Deirdre Conroy really in the race, or is this just a case where Fianna Falls are are floating a candidate? Um, no, I I I'd, I'd never um, I I I do trust polls, but I I'd, I'd never trust them from the outset. Um, like I I'd, I'd be very much in the belief you'd better to 
to die on your feet and live on your knees. Um, like we have fought uh, Fine Gael, Labour, um, Sock Dems, PPP for every single vote. Um, we've had a, a volunteer group of uh, constantly about 100 people. Um, we've had five ward bosses working on the areas I've been out in Ringsend, um, dragging ministers up to the flats um, because I feel they're an area that a lot of politicians neglect. Um, I know coming from Kildare, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that there, there are negative stereotypes with the flats, which I do not believe for one second because there's some of the nicest people in there. But I think, you know, we need to be approaching this from the perspective of it's an even playing ground. Um, you know, we've got great candidates across the board. It's about the people and what they want for their area. Like, I know the whole nation is watching this election, but at the end of the day, the nation isn't going to have to go to Ivana Bacic. The nation isn't going to have to go to James Gagan or Deirdre Conroy. It's the people of Dublin Bay South that are going to have to go to them. So I think the polls are saying that Deirdre doesn't have a child. But from talking to people and the amount of work that we've put in and just her, her general track record on Dublin City Council, like I'd say she, she will be in for a good shot. Um, hopefully, you know, I'd always have hope, you know, eternal optimist. Um, but look, um, I suppose it's 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 not over until the, the fella announces it at the council centre, you know. And unfortunately, I won't be there on the off chance that Deirdre does win to lift her up on the shoulders. But uh, you know, it's a uh, you know, it, it's it's I, I think it's anyone's race. Um, you know, hopefully anyway, it's 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 a pretty even playing ground. Everyone's put in a great effort. That's that's what I'd say. And Jack, you know, well, I'll stop really going phrase after this one. But I want to know, you know, if Anna Bacic has kind of. She's been she's a figure of the coalition, I suppose, and the coalition is unpopular to say the least. You know, was that, you know, if is really running someone who was a key figure in a coalition that is, seems to be really hated by people and made a lot of people's lives work, you know, worse, is is that really the best move for Labour? I think Jack's frozen on us there. In terms of the coalition being unpopular, damn it, uh, you don't have have I? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. There we go. Oh. Can you hear me now, yeah? Now yeah. The coalition being popular goes, uh, you're preaching to the converted. It's, it's, not a, it's not a popular thing even in the Labour Party today. And I think the last, well, 2017 and 2018 conference, the fact that we passed two motions against going into coalition again is a very, very monumental step in showing that we are not happy with the previous actions of the party. And I'd call my hand up here and say, I'm not one for for, for sitting in coalition with um, with parties. No, and I'm not gonna specify because I'm cognizant of the fact that both of the, the lads here are in government parties, but parties that are going to inflict austerity and make people's lives uh, inevitably worse. I think as far as running Ivana goes, I think the associations that are made between Ivana and the coalition are, Sensibly tenuous because she was in the Shannon at the time, and she was deputy leader of the Shannon by virtue of her being one of the most experienced uh, figures within Labour Shannon team. But I think, given the um, the current government and the, the failings that uh, we've seen, actually placed um, towards the government parties rather than someone who now has been in opposition for five years who has passed very, very strong legislation and who has shown herself to be a strong progressive left campaigner. I know it's, you know, it, it, I can say from experience that the coalition really, really negative. 
class families. That that goes without saying. But I think Ivana, given her track record beyond the coalition, has proven by far and away to be, uh, you know, definable by a lot more than just her position, uh, position she found herself in while we were, while we were in government. Absolutely. Um, I suppose I'm going to ask you all, because we have no one from Sinn Féin here today, I want to ask you all about Lynn Boylan, because she is she is a she's a very popular senator. I don't think anyone, any of us are really going to deny that she's, you know, she's become quite a popular figure in Irish politics. So I want to ask you about her. You know, first, I suppose we'll go back to you, Joshua, again, uh, because, you know, you started off. You may as well start off this one is, you know, is Lynn the biggest threat, do you think? You know, is she the one that, you know, you really need to be looking out for? Or are you, you know, who else, who else are you scared of, if not? Uh, well, I don't think we're scared of anything. I think we're, we're reasonably confident that, that James has a pretty good chance. Um, and and we're, I'm hopeful that he'll be a TD uh, after the count on Friday. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this election has had a major kind of shift Uh Originally, it was pinned as a two-horse race between James and Lynn, and I think that that's really shifted, and we've seen that. And I think that the Irish Times poll had a major impact on that. And I think, um, I mean, look, Senator Lynn Boylan is, is a very capable comp- uh, politician. She lives here in my my constituency, uh, married to my TD Owen O'Brien, um, and she has a great track record. But I I don't think she's the support there. I don't think. Sinn Féin has the support in Dublin Sent that they need to win that seat. Uh, the way I see it, it it's going to be uh, a fight between uh, James and, and Ivana Bacic, and I think it's going to come down quite tight. And Jack, I'll go to, I'll go to the, the second time this time, and we'll finish it off with Brian. But Lynn, I suppose, she's been a very strong opposition candidate. You know, are you worried about her? Because, you know, it seems that while Deidre and James are fighting to kind of for the government votes, you know, the people that are really in favour of the government, uh, the opposition votes are really seem to be split between yourselves and Sinn Féin. You know, there will be, you know, other people from PBB and Sock Dems, obviously, but it really seems to be a two-horse race But for the opposition people. So are you worried about uh, Lynn Boylan? Well, I think um, Lynn is a very, very seasoned campaigner, uh, a fantastic voice, uh, for women's rights, a, a brilliant uh, member of the European Parliament and someone who I'm going to ha- hold my hand up and say now, I would definitely uh, advise people to uh, give the, give her a high preference if you're in Dublin Bay South because she's a fantastic contender in this race. But I do think that uh, Labour are quietly confident about our, our chances in this by-election. I think Lynn is a very, very, as I said, capable person. And it's seen that she has a broad swathe of support in many parts of the constituency. But I honestly don't think that A, the transfers will be there uh, for Lynn, and B, that um, the polls are as inaccurate as people are putting them down to be. I think it's a very fair representation of what I've been hearing on the doors. And I would really think that uh, we are, um, we should be quietly confident in, in regards to, to looking at Lynn as a contender. But that said, um, very high turnout in the areas that Lynn is is very is very um popular in so that could all shift the dynamic but i would still say that uh although lynn is a brilliant campaigner and is someone who 
I think would make uh, a very good second or third choice uh, for me uh, for TD for for DBS. I think Ivana has a lead that is going to you know be solid and it'll be consolidated by voters coming out and uh, showing their support for Ivana. So no, I don't think there should be any um, any fear around Ivana at the moment. Um, Brian, I suppose what's really interesting about DBS being the one where you know Sinn Féin seem to be a contender. It's it's Jim O'Callaghan's constituency, and Jim O'Callaghan is, I suppose, considered on the United Ireland, you know, one of the biggest people in Fianna Fáil for United Ireland. So I suppose when it comes to you know you know that's that's Sinn Féin's thing, I suppose you know it's their number one priority is United Ireland, but it's also a really big thing for Jim O'Callaghan. So I suppose there's obviously going to be kind of that kind of opinion in Dublin Bay South. So I want to know, do you think? that that will help sway voters towards Deidre Conway because, you know, you have such a strong kind of voice free United Ireland and border, uh, a border poll in DBS with Fianna Fáil. Um, yeah, uh, look, uh, Dermot, I, I might uh, quote the great Jack Lynch and uh, I believe I might get a few words wrong, but no man has a higher claim to republicanism than any other man. Um, you know, Lynn Boylan can be just as republican as uh, Big Jim, um, you know, I can be just as Republican as Jack. Um, you know, like uh, personally, I, I'm actually quite fond of Lynn. I, I met her when I was uh, doing a bit of a TUI work experience in European Parliament. So um, I might be a bit biased, you know, but it's hard to criticize her from, from that perspective because I'm personally quite fond of her. Um, from an electioneering point of view, um, I think Sinn Fein have really marginalized themselves. Um, throughout the campaign, like we were trying to focus on kind of positive stuff. Um, I know personally I was uh, a little bit uh, critical of the um, of, of Ivana, um, you know, and I'm sure other people were uh, critical of my candidate. Um, but from from the from the actual electioneering perspective and the message that you're putting forward, um, it should be always primarily about your own candidate because you don't want to marginalise your vote. Like I know there might be some fine gale, uh, soft Fianna Fáil voters who might transfer over, and there might be some Fianna Fáil voters who might transfer to Ivana. So you don't want to marginalise your vote in any way, shape, or form. Um, and then as 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 well as that, um, like it's the end the cycle of FFFG or you know this this rhetoric put forward of it's a referendum against the government and their performance. Like people can say that, but at the end of the day, none of these candidates are actually TDs at the parliamentary party meetings. And um, like, if you look at um, James O'Connor, one of our TDs, he was very, very critical of uh, some of the policies we put forward in terms of the lockdown. And that's a voice that the people of Cork have at the parliamentary party meeting table. And um, so it's a voice inside the party, inside the government who can actually make change, opposed to, you know, not being there um so like look i, I think lynn could could do well um you know it's 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 anyone's race really at this stage um i think a lot of people are overlooking the greens um and i think a lot of people are overlooking dear to um like she's she's actually quite a nice person um I've, I've yet to meet too many people who have a bad word to say about her like she she'd be transfer friendly enough um you know because I, I know the right machine fame voters who might transfer to us or give us a preference you know so it's it's I don't see Lynn as a massive threat, um, but I, I recognise that you know anyone could be a threat really if they put in the work. Absolutely, I suppose just on time we're going to wrap it up. So lads, thank you all for coming on. Uh, I suppose I, I would say good luck with campaigning, but campaigning's <laughs> over now. Uh, so I suppose well done in campaigning. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for coming on. But uh, to all of our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. You can read our blog, obviously, at youthvoiceni.com. 
catch us on Twitter at UFOICNI or catch us on Instagram at UFOIC underscore NI. I've been your host, Dermot Hamill, and we'll see you all next time.